In today's show, we look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Players to add, players to drop. What are trends? What are people doing? All of that stuff. It's really important, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to talk about the waiver wire. You know how these shows go, so... Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right. The number one most added player over the last... Well, since I last looked at the most added players list, so about 18 hours ago, is Wenyan Gabriel. Imagine sitting here, draft time, fantasy basketball, going, man, I can't wait to talk about Wenyan Gabriel in week 15. Well, but here we are. We are talking about winning Gabriel because his last few games have been really good. And the guy in front of him, Thomas Bryant, has sucked. Is he, winning Gabriel, someone that I would have taken a chance on? I don't know. Depends how you want to want to classify chance. Is it worth a look? Sure. His last three games, 14.6 rebounds, one steal, two blocks, 67% shooting, 83 from the line. Look, that's undoubtedly a great fantasy line, but realistically... The value is coming from blocks and field goal percentage. Is two blocks a game real for him? I really, really doubt that. His per 36 block rate is 1.6 for the season. It was 1.1 last year. It was 1.2 the year before that. It was one the year before that. In the last three games, he's at 2.6. Right, so he's blocking a ton of shots, which does not add up to anything that he's ever done in his career. Yes, his block rate is up this season, but he's never been this kind of shot blocker. Although, again, to be fair... Two blocks in four consecutive games is really good. The problem is that, again, we've never seen a history of this. Field goal percentage, he can be a 60% guy. That's fine. Although he was 49 last season and 40 the year before that and 43 the year before that. So, you know, which one of those is real? And is Tom Bryant going to play only 20 minutes a night? Or will it be 24 minutes split? Or will it be 26 to Bryant? I understand following on from the production of Gabriel. It's been really good. But what's the likelihood that you have any three-game sample or four-game sample, three-game sample, say, for Gabriel that is anywhere close to as good as the last three? I'd say it's pretty low, honestly. He can definitely do a little bit more than what his overall season numbers are, and it is trending absolutely in the right direction. But I am very, very far from convinced that this is a rest-of-season situation. A lot of the times you don't care. So add him, try it. There are other guys I would add over him, but I get it. I, yeah, I don't think he justifies number one added player. Anyway, Monte Morris. That is absolutely chasing because the people have gone, oh, look, we've got the news Beal is back. I saw Morris went off last game. Let's add him. It's not to say Morris can't be useful, but it's also hyper-reactive to what happened in the last game. If Morris has been available in all of these leagues and Beal has been out for a week and a half, what did you wait for? You waited for him to have a good game and then you added him in the worst circumstances possible where Bill returns. Again, totally okay. But 
Is it? Does it make any sense moving forward? Probably not. Tyus Jones, one of the most added players. Okay, what? Why? Are people wising up to the stash? Morant's not hurt. He did play well last game in the 30-point victory, so he got extra minutes. Again, chasing. The D-Lon Wright one is interesting. D-Lon played 28 minutes last game. That absolutely gets me interested, really interested. Now, of course, it was without Beal. And this is the thing we're going to have to watch. What happens with Goodwin, with Wright, and with Morris? Because if Dillon Wright plays 25 minutes with Beal back, I'm all aboard. I add him in every 14-team league and probably 12-team leagues. But if he goes back and plays 20 minutes, which is possible with Beal back, where's what's the use in it? It's going to be really intriguing to me to see what happens with Delon and what happens with Monte Morris now that Beal is back. They are full strength, the Wizards. Beal won't be full minutes, but he's, they're full strength. So what does it mean for Delon? These next four were the top four added on Yahoo. Kyle Anderson, like, yes. What, what are we, why? Yes. He had a triple-double. That's a cool number. People like that. He's been a rosterable player for weeks. I don't know what we waited for there. Um, Timothy John McConnell. All right. Took a while. I expect a big downturn from McConnell today. I don't expect him to play um, the 32 minutes he played last game. 25, 26, no problem. But he's still a must roster player. KJ Martin. Again, we got word that Kevin Porter is likely back on Wednesday. He's still officially questionable. But if Kevin Porter's back, then KJ plays 21 minutes. And he's not useful. So it's probably a little bit late on the ad there. Although, there is stashability with him if Eric Gordon gets traded. And the last one is Terrence Mann. And I'm in on Terrence Mann. It was a great back-to-back for the Clippers. Um, George and Leonard are both out on Wednesday. But even with George back, Mann had a pretty solid game and was a starting point guard and played over 30 minutes. I don't know what more we need. I would add Terrence Mann over KJ Martin. I would add him over Dylan Wright, over Tyus Jones, over Monte Morris, and over Winion Gabriel. The only guys I wouldn't are McConnell and Anderson. Because I just look and go, he's providing value now. He's got a bit of security long-term as well. So, Yeah. Good that he's on that list. Probably a little bit down, probably a, bit, a little bit low down on the list. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And as the Bilt Bar ad says, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. Fellow kids, the holidays are done. The new year has started. And we've all had some treats that maybe we shouldn't have. Too much fat and calories. And we look down and we go, ugh. This situation's not right. I'm doing the same thing. I gotta get back on the built bars because built bars are the delicious tricks. We all love something delicious. Ah, dopamine, it's great. But we don't want the extra fat and calories. We want the high protein, and high protein is a great way to be able to lose weight and increase um, physical fitness. Yeah, physical fitness. Built bars are 17 grams of protein and like 130 calories. And the flavors taste just like a candy bar because they're secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. It's 100% real chocolate. That's covering the bars. And used to, I've been here telling you, go to built.com, go to built.com. Hey, go to built.com. You can still do that. But you can also just waltz into a Walmart, stroll down to the pharmacy section, tell the pharmacist, yo, where are the builts? He'll know exactly what you mean. Because I'm oh, sorry, mate, they're sold out, but I've got a new, new shipment right in here. Four bar boxes. Do you want um, cookies and cream? Because we got it. Do you want double chocolate? Got it. Do you want coconut puffs? Got it. And you go, yeah, I'll take all of them. And can you point me in the direction of your nearest Sam's Club? Because at Sam's Club, I heard they've got 13 bar boxes. Well, he just over there, my friend. Oh, cool. So you go over to Sam's Club and you go, I'll have a 13 bar box of Built Bar. And they've got different flavors. It's churro and brownie batter. So go to Built.com, order your Built Bars, or go to Walmart, or 
go to Sam's Club. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the most dropped players on the waiver wire. Um, some of these are expected. Joe Harris, yeah. Fine. He was dreadful last game. And again, the the, the funny thing is, as soon as that first game without KD, man, Joe Harris must add. And no, obviously not. But again, we don't really hate taking a chance. The likelihood of it was not there. Drop him. Isaiah Jackson on this list again. He was on it yesterday. Because the Pacers did something stupid. We are three weeks from the trade deadline. I think that if you are in a situation where you've got an ability to stash, he is still one of the premier stash guys out there. I think there's still like a 5% chance that Miles Turner is traded. Like it's not very high. But if he does get traded, then this is a top 50 player. Chris Boucher. Yeah. I didn't like adding him for the five game week. He stunk in the first two. So people have moved on. I, I actually agree with that. Because now the five game week turns into a three game week and you can get better value from a spot where he's giving you nothing. Dennis Schroeder, yeah, he's been dreadful the last week or so. The opportunity is still there with Reeves and Walker out, but he's bad, and I wouldn't have to feel like I need to hold him. But this one's curious. Royce O'Neal got dropped in a lot of leagues. I know he was bad yesterday, but I would I would have held on there. Like, There's no need for that drop to happen. And Josh Richardson, I didn't think his line yesterday was all that bad. He only had nine points. But he had two blocks. He had a steal. I wouldn't have dropped him en masse. I wouldn't have rushed to pick him up, but I wouldn't have dropped him on mass. I guess it depends on who you're adding. Like if you've got Josh Richardson and Cam Johnson is on the waiver wire, by the way, and I can't remember if I put Cam Johnson on one of these slides. I should have. Cam Johnson's back. Cam Johnson is worth adding in 12-team leagues. And Cam Johnson is a guy that you've got to be cautious about how you value him though. He's going to be slow. He hasn't played since November. He's going to be slow to return. He's going to be low in minutes. He's going to be low in usage. He's going to be a points efficiencies and threes player with a couple of rebounds and maybe a steal. He is not going to blow you away. But if you care about turnovers, he will not get you any of those because he never does anything with the ball. That's, again, will overvalue his ranking. So you come in and go, why is Cam Johnson ranked 50th, Josh? And I'll say, he isn't. And you say, he is. And I'll say, he isn't. And then we'll argue back and forth. And it'll be fun times for everybody. But anyway, Cam Johnson probably should be rostered, but he's not a top-end player. He's a back-end player, and he'll probably be worse than a 12-team league guy while he returns and while he ramps back up. And then we'll get into a situation where hopefully he's getting 16, 17 points a game, hitting three threes with five rebounds, and that's pretty strong. So would I add him? Yes, I would. Long story short on Cam Johnson, whose name's not even on this list, yes, I would add Cam Johnson. Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, two of the most dropped players. Yeah, they were streamed for the Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back. They don't play until Saturday. Giannis and Middleton are maybe back on that Saturday. So yeah, absolutely. You couldn't agree more with dropping Grayson Allen and Patrick Connaughton. Let's look at some must-roster players. These are all guys who I think are top 100 players rest of season who you should roster. There is the first four there are category leagues. Walker Kessler, I don't know why this is tough to uh, understand. These are all guys that are all available in over 20% of leagues. He's available in like 30% Walker. It's a must-roster situation. The amount of times I say this, I go, yeah, but I'm in a league with four-center limit. I cannot stress to you enough, A, don't play on ESPN, but get rid of the four-center limit. It is the stupidest setting, followed closely by Yahoo's two-center start mandatory limit, which is, again, stupid. These things should not exist. You cannot rationally tell me why they exist. Not one person can. The only reason that you will ever defend these is because that is what you have played with in the past. That's the only reason. You cannot logically look at them and tell me how good they are. Anyway, Walker Kessler's a must roster. So is Killian Hayes. I, I don't actually care that there's one game this week. He's if you these aren't the same players, 
But if you are never even considering dropping Vooch or Levine or DeRozan because they've got one game, then you don't drop Killian Hayes. Again, not the same player, but you definitely don't drop him. The Cockroach Mason Plumley, until he gets traded or they change their ideas in their, in Charlotte, he's going to keep getting big minutes. And um, Passport legend Jalen Duran is also a must-roster player with only one game this week. Yes, he is. If he's available on your wire, you add him. The next four are more points league specific, but I think it still works for category leagues. Hayes, Plumlee, Kessler, they're all still points league must roster. And I throw Mark Fultz in there. He probably is, or he, no, he definitely is a category league must roster guy, just another name for us to talk about there. Um, did I miss something? I think I did. Yep, I did. Let's talk about um, droppable players. These are guys that, is that the right thing? Yeah, these are guys that are rostered in too many leagues that I don't think it's worth holding on to. I hope that makes sense. Kelly Ubre. And you'll sit here and go, Josh, you see my IR. And I go, to you, I say, totally okay. There's no harm, no foul if someone sits in your IL list at all. But if you need that IL slot, if you have someone who got injured and you're stashing them on your bench and they're out for three days, Bradley Beal's out for a week, Gobert's out for three or four days, Ubre is not the guy that you want to die by keeping that IL spot occupied for him. He put up, Really good scoring numbers at the start of the year. Still wasn't a top 100 category league player, not even close to it, because he doesn't get assists, he doesn't get rebounds, he doesn't get blocks. His percentages were bad. And then he played most of the season with probably two rotation players out. And now he's going to come back eventually in weeks with probably Hayward there, with Ball there, with Rogier there, with Martin there, and he's going to play 27 minutes off the bench. So no, you don't have to hold Kelly Oubre at all. Points league's a little bit different, but even then... If he is still, the opportunities he had early in the season aren't going to be here, aren't going to be the same. Lou Dort, good game last time. Can't trust it. Not a category league player. Not worth burning a roster spot. I think Marcus Morris is also a droppable player. Now I would definitely hold him for today because they play on Wednesday. But after that, now that Paul George is back, Morris sort of just floats around like what twelve points, four rebounds, maybe a block. Very rarely, it's not useful. It's more useful in a playoff scenario, but even then, their schedule's not that great in the playoffs. And Max Struess is rostered in a lot of spots, and you do not need to do that. In 12, 14-team leagues, I don't think he's a must-roster player. These guys are more points league guys. I'd be more than happy to move on from DeAnthony Melton in a points league, 12-team points league. In fact, I think he's probably on the fringes in a category league. And as we always say, if he's your worst player, and we see what's happening with the way they're running their rotations and his minutes, if he's your worst player you can move on. Again, I like to hold probably a little bit longer than most, have a little bit of extra patience, but in a points league, I, there's no, no patience, don't, no need. Points league, get rid of him. You don't have to hold Melton in a points league. KCP, similar situation. Absolutely no reason to have him in a 12-team points league. In a 12-team category league, the value is fine. It's solid. It's no upside, but it's solid. And it's okay, but it's also fine if you don't have him. Bowl bowls are dropping both to me. But definitely in a points league, he's like a 40 points or 40 ranking spot better player in categories versus points. And he's already falling out of the category area. So you do not need to hold bowl in a points league. And then the big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland. There's just no opportunity here for him. And this is an argument I had with a lot of people, maybe mainly with myself. In the offseason, talking about Bones, we'll go, man, Bones, 28 minutes a night, uh, massive breakout. They traded away Will Barton and Monte Morris. Jamal Murray's not going to play until January. He's going to play 30 minutes a night. I, went, nah, I don't think so. They brought in KCP. They brought in Bruce Brown. Murray is going to play. So Bones goes from the 
third guard to the fourth guard. And that's exactly what's happened. He's playing 20 minutes a night. And you don't need to roster that. And even when Murray sits, he doesn't always get big minutes. Which is frustrating, of course, because we do like Bones as a player, but the fantasy value is just not there. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there, like the NFL playoffs, you've got college basketball, and of course, the NBA. They've got it all over at betonline.net. If we look at the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, the 49ers are only three and a half point favorites against the Cowboys. Really? We think the Niners are only... They smashed the Seahawks. They're only three and a half point favorites. We really believe in the Cowboys that much. I guess they killed the Bucks, But that's there. The Bills are five-point favorites. The Eagles are seven and a half over the Giants. And the Chiefs are eight and a half over the Jags. Who do you think is going to win? Check out those odds. What do, you, do you think some one of those is a little bit off? Better lines is the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at the top 100 over the last week. What names are worth mentioning here? Gabe Vincent is like a top 30 player over the last week. He's still okay to hold, but Tyler Hero returning hurt him a lot. And Kyle Lowry has actually been upgraded to question one. As soon as Lowry plays, I would drop Gabe Vincent, no problem. Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is a very interesting one because he is playing really well. They're giving him the backup four minutes. He's getting backup five minutes. He's cutting into Keegan Murray's upside which is what, exactly what you want to do when you take a guy fourth overall. Um, you want to use Trey Lyles to take his minutes away. He's playing 25 minutes a game over the last three. How has he been this good? Well, let me tell you why. He's a 47% shooter for the season, Lyles, and he's at 76 over the last three games. He's averaging 1.7 blocks when he's at 0.5 for the season. He's hitting 56% of his threes and 92% of his twos. So for me to tell you this won't stick, you don't need, you don't need me to tell you that. It is blindingly obvious that Trey Lyles will not be a 63% three-point shooter, which he's been over the last six games. He won't be. He won't be a 70-plus percent two-point guy. He won't be blocking two shots a game. And then when all those things drop off, he won't play 25 minutes a night. So it's been a great run from Lyles. It's streamable while it's happening, but it is not going to continue. I can 100%, which is almost his two-point percentage, I can 100% assure you that Trey Lyles will not continue this run. It, It will not happen guaranteed, write it, absolutely carve it into stone. It won't happen. William Gabriel, talked about him already. Kobe White, that's because DeRozan was out mainly, but I, I, he's shown more than Desumu this season, I think. He's been better than Dragic. He's been better than Caruso at times for certain things. I wouldn't add him though. There is Caruso, who was really great last time without DeRozan. I wonder if they start him or they start Desumu in Paris. If Caruso starts and plays 28 minutes a night, he is a 12-team ad. DiVincenzo, he probably looks more like a 14-team league guy to me versus a 12-team league player. But when guys are out, he's always worth a stream there in Golden State. I wouldn't worry about him as a must roster. Terrence Mann, I spoke about already. And then Reggie Bullock, somehow. He's in the top 100 over the last week. I I don't care. Finney Smith is back. Josh Green is back. I, I don't care. Reggie Bullock, I'm not adding you anyway, mate. Not at all. Let's look at some deeper leagues. These guys are all available in at least 10% of leagues. I think Dillon Wright is a 14-team league guy at the very minimum, maybe 12. Caleb Martin's a strong 14-team league player as well. These guys are available in lots of spots. Then we've got a bunch of players who I think are worth looking at in 16s. Ravishing Rick Rubio hasn't happened yet, but I think you'll get into 16-team territory. Nico Batum, really strong 16-team league guy. In 14 teams, if you're punting points, his value is there as well. 
Gary Payton's a 16-teamer. I think Anthony Lamb might be. The Warriors are going to need to convert him soon to a full-time contract. I think they will. But he's been really solid. Joe Ingles, love what he did yesterday. I'm not even pushing to 14-team leagues, but his value when Giannis and Middleton play is still up in the air. But he was great. He's been great the last week or so. And Drew Eubanks, absolute legendary 16-team league sort of player. Let's go to some other names. Karis Levert. In fact, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Donovan Mitchell's out with a groin strain, so we just roll with Levert while Mitchell is out. Same with Nas Reed. Oh, sorry, Nas Reed. With Gobert out after they... Oh, they told us he was questionable, the Timberwolves. Oh, he's actually questionable. His groin's going to be okay. Yeah, nah, it was never going to be okay. What are you talking about, you dickheads? Anyway, Gobert's out. Stunned. Could have knocked me over with a feather when I found that out this morning. So Nas Reed's a great stream. They play Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back the Wolves. Is Gobert going to play in that? If he does, they're idiots again. So we go with Reed. Love it. Dan Gafford is a name to bring up. And I'm really watching his minutes. I think he still needs to be rostered. But if they play him 20 minutes as a starter, then it's not useful. KJ Martin. I talked about him already. I don't know why he's there. Let's talk about uh, Yokai John Isaac. Playing in the G League again on Thursday. Maybe he plays on Saturday in the NBA. I doubt it. It's probably next week. I just don't believe that he's going to be worth it for a 10, a 12, or maybe even a 14-team league this season. I'm aware that he was really good three years ago. Three years ago. And there are players ahead of him who are better. And there are players ahead of him who will play more minutes. And there are players ahead of him who won't sit back-to-backs. And you're wasting a roster spot having him, I believe. John Ray Hunter has been playing better. The minutes are more encouraging, but as we've seen with him, the defensive stats have gone away again. The rebounding and assists are subpar, and the efficiency is really what keeps him from being a you know, must-roster guy. I think he's okay to stream in. He's almost like not, uh, RJ Barrett. That's, that's who he's like. And we all know the um, drawbacks of Barrett. Ochoag Baji, not a 12-team guy. Maybe a 16-team league player, but he played tons of minutes. Ahead of Alexander Walker, ahead of um, Gay, played more than Sexton, more than Horton Tucker. Are they going to give him... I think he's played 20-plus in three straight games. Are they going to give him 25 a night? I, I really... I doubt it when Markkinen returns, but I'm watching it. And I don't think he'll be a 12-team league player at any point this season, Agbaji. But deeper leagues need to watch it. And then we started off the show by talking about Wenyan Gabriel. So we're going to end it by talking about the tank. Tom Bryant. He's been shithouse. And I think these three games will explain to you or give you the necessary reasoning as to when I say, I don't think he's going to have value when Anthony Davis returns. This is why. Because he's a terrible defender. And the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis, are like, man, we're just going to go with winning Gabriel. Like, am I dropping Tom Bryant in 12-team leagues? Not yet. No, I'm not. But I absolutely understand that as soon as Davis is back, there is no way that I'm bothering with him. No way at all. And that's why if you can get a top 60, top 70 player, look, if he has a big game against the Kings today, I would absolutely give him an offer any top 70 player, any top 80 player, and I would lose in the short term and I don't care. Actually, I might not even lose in the short term. So we're really watching the role. If he plays 20 minutes again against the bonus in the Kings, yeah, I, I think he's turfable. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.